Today on The Journey. Do you care what you leave behind? I'm talking about things of eternal value. Do you really care what you leave behind? A legacy is not left in a snapshot. It's the sum total of a life lived for self or for God or some combination of both. Today, Ron Moore outlines the life whose legacy stands the test of time and eternity. Before that, a quick word about Ron's PDF devotional booklet, Welcome to the Life God Has for You. It shares thoughtful meditations on the joy, confidence, and freedom we have in Jesus. It's available for a donation of any amount, and you can get it at ronmoore.org. Your gift today will help further this ministry of developing followers of Jesus Christ. Now here's Ron with the message, Welcome to a Life of Significance, on The Journey. What do you want to do when you grow up? If you have younger children, you no doubt ask that question often. I'll never forget being in the car one day with Brittany and Laura. Brittany, our oldest daughter, and Laura, our second oldest daughter. Brittany at the time was about 10 years old, and Laura was 6 years old. And I asked Brittany, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, I want to be a veterinarian. And that's great. We talked about that for a while. And after we talked about it for a little bit, I turned around and asked Laura, Laura, Brittany wants to be a veterinarian. What do you want to be when you grow up? Without missing a beat, she said, I want to be the boss of a veterinarian. <laughs> Some things never change. When you get a little older, somewhere around maybe graduation from high school, first years in college, even through college and first years of career, the question changes a little bit. I'm going to get up and go to work for the next 45 or 50 years. What am I going to do that makes a difference, that makes a contribution? Then you hit your 40s. 50s, 60s retirement. And the question changes again. And now the question becomes, what do I want to leave when I'm gone? It's not a question about inheritance or money. It's a question about significance. When I realize I've probably celebrated more birthdays in the past than I'm going to celebrate in the future. You begin to think about what you're going to leave after you're gone. What impact will remain from your life? Now these questions, what am I going to be, what am I going to do, what am I going to leave? Although considered at different stages of life, really center around one thing, don't they? Significance impact, worth. When my life is all over, when these short years are finished, so what? What impact am I going to make with these few years of my life? The question of significance. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the New Testament book of Philippians. 
We've titled this series to the book of Philippians, Open Doors, because as Paul writes this letters to Christians in Greece, he is opening the doors of the Christian faith to them, and he is welcoming them into the life they've always wanted. And today in chapter 2, verses 12 through 30, we want to look at a life of significance. Chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, Paul writes, now whenever we see the word therefore, we have to stop, because we realize that what is going to be said is based on something that's already been said. And so when we see the word therefore, we've got to go back and find out what's been said. Paul's last full thought was found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. One of the richest theological passages in all of Scripture about Jesus Christ. In fact, let's read that together before we go on. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Based on the attitude and the action and the sacrifice and the exaltation of Jesus Christ, therefore, Paul says, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Now what I want to do is just to work our way through this passage. And here in this passage I see four lessons or principles of true significance. Let's look at the first one. A life of true significance is a life of obedience even when no one else is looking. Look at verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. While Paul was living and working among the believers in Philippi, they were on their best behavior. The Apostle Paul was with them. But he left. And now he gets word through the messenger from Philippi, this young man named Epaphroditus, that the work of the Lord is going on in Philippi, that believers are obeying him, that believers are moving forward. And Paul says, way to go. Great job. 
Because a life of true significance is lived under the watchful eye of the Heavenly Father. And our obedience is not to impress others, but only purpose to please God. If we are only obeying to impress others, that is pseudo-obedience and makes no lasting impact. But a life of true obedience obeys even when no one else is there to impress. Is your life characterized by obedience even when you're not with your Christian friends? Is your life characterized by obedience in private? Sin loves the dark places of our life. And if we really want to live a life of significance, then we must be just as obedient when no one else is looking as when we are on stage in front of everyone else. There are many passages in Scripture that kind of stop you in your tracks. And for me, one of those passages is 1 Timothy chapter 5. Paul writes this, The sins of some men are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. In the same way, good deeds are obvious, and even those that are not cannot be hidden. Hear what Paul's saying? For some men, their sins get there before they do. They are obvious to all. For some... Their sins trail behind them, but sins always catch up. So how are you doing when no one else is looking? Second lesson of true significance we see in this passage is a life of true significance is lived in partnership with God. There's human responsibility, 100% but it's lived in partnership with God. Look at verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear brothers, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good pleasure. We have seen the importance in Scripture of human responsibility in this verse, and also God's work in our life. Now, there's a bit of a mystery there that we will never fully understand. But very practically, it means this. We are responsible for our actions, and God is responsible for helping us do the actions that please Him. And we are 100% responsible. We can never blame it on God. We can never blame it on Satan when we fall. The bottom line, we make the decision. But at the same time, God is at work within us to help us do what He's called us to do. Paul says, continue to work out. Not work for your salvation, but work out your salvation. In Scripture, when you look at the word salvation or saved, it can refer to the whole process of salvation. Coming to Christ living for Christ, dying and being with Christ. Or it can refer to any one of those parts. The first part of salvation is deliverance from the penalty of sin. We come to Christ. 
We say, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. God, save me. Deliver me from the penalty of sin. In theology, we call that justification, coming to Christ. He saves us. He removes the penalty. He wipes the slate clean. The second phase is the deliverance from the power of sin. We call that in theology sanctification. It is the growing as a Christian. It is the developing as a Christian. It's where we are now, if you're a Christian, in your life. The third phase is deliverance from the presence of sin. In theology, glorification. We will be with God. We will be in a sinless body. We will forever be with Him. Now, in this passage, Paul is talking about the second phase of salvation, growing as a Christian. He's just commended the Philippians for their obedience, not only in his presence, but now in his absence. And he's saying, continue to grow. Continue to work out your salvation. You've already come to Christ. You've not yet died and gone to be with Christ. You're in the second phase. Now, work out your salvation. Produce the fruit of obedience that comes from developing as a follower of Christ. And this life of obedience is not to be taken lightly. Look at verse 12 again. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, this doesn't refer to a cowering fear that places balls someone up in a corner where they can't even function. It's not terror. This refers to having a healthy respect and reverence for the living God. He is the Almighty God who created the universe, whose wrath is upon sin and loved us so much that He Himself would come down in the form of His Son, Jesus Christ, and take that wrath upon himself so we could live in joy and confidence and freedom and significance. And when we live that type of life, when we understand who he is, there should be a respect and reverence for God. And when we disobey, we are living in spiritual flippancy. And we are not treating God with the reverence and awe and respect that He demands, and that He deserves. So Paul says, work out your salvation. Develop as a follower of Christ. And do that with the healthy respect of God. It is God you serve. Now that's the human side. There's also the divine side. Look at verse 13 again. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good pleasure. Just as we are to do live obedience, God lives in us through His Holy Spirit, and He is giving us the desire to be obedient, and He is giving us the will to be obedient, and He is helping us with our actions of obedience. We are not on our own. We cannot do this on our own. We can't live the Christian life on our own. We will fall flat every time. But the Holy Spirit lives in us, and it is God who is working in us. As we are working out our salvation, God is working in our salvation and allowing us to live a life that pleases Him. Now, at the same time, we can still disobey. We still can do our own thing. And so there is a partnership with God. A life of significance is a partnership with God. It's a great picture of this, I think, in Matthew 14. Disciples are out in the boat. They're on a lake. The wind starts coming. They see Jesus, remember, walking across the lake on the water. And they're terrified. Jesus says, don't be terrified, it's me. And then Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, 
tell me to come to you. Invite me to yourself. And Jesus says, come. Now at that point, Peter has to make a decision. Human responsibility. He either can say, ain't no way, I'm getting out of the boat and walking on the water, even though I asked the question, it was a foolish question to ask. Or he can get out and walk. And so he gets out. He steps on the water like I'm stepping on the stage. But it is Christ now who is allowing Peter to defy the laws of nature. You know the rest of the story. Peter takes a few more steps. We're not told how many, but he's now out in the water. Now he looks around and realizes this shouldn't be. He sees the wind and the waves, and he starts to sink. And now he prays again, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches down, and he grabs him. And again, I don't know how far they're out, but I get this picture of, let's say, they're 20 feet out, and Jesus now is carrying him or dragging him or helping him walk, maybe, back to the boat. What we do know is they got back in the boat together. What a great picture of our partnership with God. He is with us. Sometimes we look around and we say, Lord, save me, I'm sinking. And he reaches down and he helps us back up. He helps us defy the laws of our sinful nature. 100% human responsibility, 100% divine sovereignty. Here's a third lesson. A life of significance is a life that shines and shares. Look at verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Don't be a gripe your whole life, Paul says. Here's why. So that you will become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Isn't that a great picture of what the Christian life should be? shining like stars in the universe. Paul says, you are the child of the living God. Now live that way. Live a blameless and pure life. Live above reproach. Don't say things, don't do things that discredit your Christian walk. Shine like stars, like a light in a dark world. Jesus said this, you're the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, your light should shine before men that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. Your light should shine in such a way, Paul says, that you can hold out, in verse 16, hold out the word of life. So someone says, why are you different? And then you can say, I'm glad you asked. It's Jesus Christ, and you can hold out the word of life. Here's the last lesson of true significance. A life of true significance leaves a godly legacy. A life of true significance realizes that this life is short, and we're going to be gone and we live in a way so that when we're gone, there is an impact left. Paul invested his life in others. He made it clear throughout Scripture that his legacy depended on other people. I'm always amazed at that. Look what he says in verse 14 through 16. Let me just read this again. 
to do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars as you hold out the word of Christ in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Paul was concerned about his legacy. Paul said, I want you to live a life in such a way, I want you to shine like stars that on the day of Christ, as I present you to him, those I have led to Christ, I want to be able to say, hey, I didn't run in vain. I didn't work for nothing. My imprisonments, my beating, my suffering, they weren't for naught. Look what it produced. I want to be able to present you to God. Now, Christ is going to present us to God. But Paul is saying, those I've had an impact with, I want to be able to look around. I want you with me. I do not want to labor in vain. A life of legacy. And Paul said, I'll do anything for that. And look what he says in verse 17. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering, if my life is being poured out like water, on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith. I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too be glad and rejoice with me. I'll make any sacrifices I need to make in this life. Just live for Christ so that my work is not for nothing. Paul says, I'm willing to pour out my life because I want a legacy that lasts. Let me ask you a final question. Do you care what you leave behind? I'm talking about things of eternal value. Do you really care what you leave behind? A life of true significance is a life of obedience even when no one else is watching. A life of true significance is lived in partnership with God knowing that without Him we will fall flat on our face, but knowing also that we have to get up and spend time in the Word and spend time in prayer and make the tough decisions of obedience. Full human responsibility, full divine responsibility. Life of true significance is a life that shines, is different. But when someone says, hey, why are you different? Let me tell you about Jesus. And a life of true significance cares about what's left when you're gone. And not about how much money, but about eternal things. And please stay with us. Ron returns in a few moments with a special offer. Do you wonder where the abundant life Jesus promised is found? When you do a personal assessment, do you find spiritual failure, doubt, and bondage instead of the victory you seek? Well, you'll discover the things you've been looking for in Ron Moore's digital devotional, Welcome to the Life God Has for You. In this thoughtful look at Paul's very personal letter to the believers in Philippi, you'll learn how to experience the joy, freedom, and bold confidence God intends for you, His child. Welcome to the Life God Has for You is yours for a gift of any amount when you visit ronmoore.org. Again, that web address is ronmoore.org. Your gift today will help keep the journey on the air, developing followers of Jesus Christ. Now, here's Ron to talk about a special offer for your church. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to The Journey. I pray these messages have been encouraging to you. 
And I just want to share with you here at The Journey Ministry, we want to do more than simply provide podcasts and broadcasts to our listeners. Our desire is to walk alongside churches and encourage pastors and church leaders. We would love to help you with resources like sermons or discipleship material. And we'd like to encourage you as you lead your church. I've had the privilege of leading the Bible Chapel for 30 years, and I can tell you, I don't have all the answers, but I'd love to encourage you and I'd love to pray with you as we work together in this greater Pittsburgh area. So send me an email at ronmore at ronmore.org, ronmore at ronmore.org, and let's just talk because we believe no leader should have to lead alone. Again, that address is ronmore at ronmore.org. Also, we want you to have a copy of Ron's PDF devotional titled, Welcome to the Life God Has for You. It's yours for a gift of any amount, and you'll find it at ronmore.org. That's ronmore.org. Plus, we invite you to have a look at our church website at biblechapel.org. There you'll find information about our worship services and special events, along with Ron's recent sermons, devotional thoughts, and podcasts. Again, that address is biblechapel.org, biblechapel.org. And if the journey has made a difference in your spiritual life, won't you invite your friends and family to listen as well? We'll thank you, and we think they will too. Finally, please keep in mind that the journey relies on your generous donations to remain on the air, developing followers of Jesus Christ. Your gift today will be deeply appreciated. You can give at ronmore.org, or you may call 724-731-2018. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join Ron Moore next time as we walk together on the journey.